This is Josh Sumby, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Egg Services in Drayton, North Dakota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman along with Tyler Donaldson and Randy Conan. The EPA has proposed its final rule for year-round sales of E15 to the White House Office of Management and Budget for review. South Dakota Corn Growers Association Executive Director Danita Murray notes that E15's broader impact may be what's holding things up. I mean, they talk about the fact that while this, as you noted, is is technically a rule that will affect eight states, they talk about the nationwide kind of impact uh, to the fuel systems and different blends that are going to be impacted uh, across the country. So EPA is is basically telling the court that there's broader implications on, on this final rule than, than just eight states. Though the final rule has been proposed, the OMB still needs to finalize and publish the rule, which, according to Murray, could take some time. You know, there's a 90-day time period that uh, an executive order requires OMB to act uh, within on a final rule. That said, they can ask for an extension, it looks like, but need the the agreement of the regulatory agency here, EPA, and EPA may very well say, no, we, we're getting beaten up on this, and we've, we've, given, we've spoken to a federal court on this, and we, we, there's no, no extensions for you. So I think that, you know, I think within a 90-day time period, we'll, we'll see uh, the rule issued. The closing of two international border rail crossings between the U.S. and Mexico has not had much of an impact for the Northern Plains as of yet. North Dakota Grain Dealers Association Executive Vice President Stu Letcher says if the crossing stays closed, though, it will have an impact. Yeah, you know, we've heard of uh, a couple of guys that are waiting. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they're empty trains to come back. Um, since they closed the border crossing, none of the cars are coming back out of Mexico that have been shipped down there. So... Um, I know that they're they're probably they're waiting on a train or two, um, probably a little early to see how much impact that'll have, and I'm guessing it may affect some some loaded train shipments too. But there again, it's a little early. And Mexico is the top importer of U.S. corn, but it also imports other grains from North Dakota. I guess probably wheat, spring wheat, and then uh, you know edible beans. We do ship some edibles to Mexico too, and you know those are usually a little smaller shipments, but still. Um, they're high values, so um, any delay also creates issues. So we've already heard of guys that are, you know, their dates are being pushed back. I think, uh, you know, and I know there's being a lot of talk being done. Uh, National Grain Feed has gotten involved, and they're talking to the USDA and trying to figure out, you know, if there's a way that, uh, you know, we can open those border crossings because not necessarily sure they understand the impact it has on not just North Dakota but the entire uh, feed and grain industry. Capturing ammonia from cattle manure and producing clean, sustainable, renewable energy and organic fertilizers is the mission of Bion Environmental Technologies. Bion CEO Bill O'Neill says Bion is taking the negatives in cattle production and turning them into sustainable, high-value products. So we're creating uh, solar electricity that, uh, that we'll actually use in the uh, facility. We're, again, collecting that biogas and marketing that, collecting the ammonia that will be turned into ammonium bicarbonate or just sold as ammonia, as green ammonia uh, for transportation fuel. 
I talked a little bit about the CO2. We, uh, the excess CO2 that is not combined with the ammonia, we actually collect and we can sell that, turn that into a food-grade CO2 that is uh, highly marketable. O'Neill says the closed production system allows full traceability for the beef produced. We now have a truly sustainable beef product that we have completely tra traced uh, from soil to stomach, from start to finish, um, that we can now sell um, at a premium to, uh, to consumers. And today's consumer, driven by the Gen Zers and uh, millennials that everybody likes to talk about, but, but this new consumer really expects these products to be sustainable and and I think that if we can actually verify show them exactly what we've done to make this product completely different I think that uh, I think it'll be a hit with today's consumer soybean meal may hold potential as a source of nitrogen for commercial fer commercial fertilizer use according to the latest edition of the NDSU extensions ag by the numbers publication the soybean crush byproduct has been used by gardeners and on small scales as an excellent soil amendment. In the past, it has not been cost-effective to use on a commercial scale, but new crush facilities in North Dakota could create more opportunities. Strathcona, Minnesota farmer Jim Kukowski was elected to the American Soybean Association's Executive Committee during the ASA December board meeting in St. Louis. Kukowski says this is a unique opportunity for nor this northern Minnesota farmer. There's 26 states involved in, with ASA, but there's 30 states we represent. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we work for all of them. I work for all of the farmers. I says I work for northern Minnesota because there's nobody been further north, basically, than this North South Dakota line has been on an executive committee. Kukowski looks forward to working with a strong team on issues important to soybean growers in the country. We we're working on the farm bill, and what we got done last year, we got it extended. Uh, we work on checkout issues, biodiesel, bio-based transportation, the infrastructure. You know, I mean, it's, it's, the list just keeps going on and on. And we've got some of the best lobbyists, uh, so we've been told through our Congress people or senators. Minnesota Soybean Growers Association currently supports seven ASA Board of Directors members, the most in organization history. In response to last month's federal appeals court decision, the EPA will restore the use of chlorpyrifos insecticides and agree to a science-based review. Chlorpyrifos will be labeled for nearly a dozen crops, including soybeans, sugar beets, wheat, and alfalfa. EPA banned the product in February of 2022, which resulted in the legal action. Bird flu cases in Minnesota's turkey farms have slowed with only four new cases reported in December after a wave hit earlier this year, killing over 2 million birds. Nationally, 16 million birds have been killed by the virus since October. Those numbers climbed to 75 million killed since the outbreak started in early 2022. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Following a year of surprisingly high yields, University of Minnesota crops economist Ed Usset says producers are holding a lot of grain in storage. You go into harvest and you're looking at the lowest prices you've seen all year. And, you know, we spent the first half of the year cash corn prices uh, most of the time over $6. We didn't slip below the $5 mark, I think, until probably August. 
So when, when we come down that far, that hard, I tell producers the most important and yet the hardest three words in marketing are forget last year. But uh, we put that low-priced corn and low-priced soybeans into the bin because we can't forget last year. We're like, how, how can I how can I sell four dollar and eighty cent corn when I know I saw six dollars a year ago? Looking ahead, markets will focus on South American weather and exports, but there needs to be uh, fresh news before Essen expects the markets to trade out of the recent current trading ranges. We have a lot to think about, a lot to talk about, but we need a catalyst. This market needs a catalyst, something, a new bit of information to turn it in a, in a new direction. Yeah, the corn market's been stuck in neutral for two months. I mean, yeah, little, ra- you know, 10-cent rally here, 10-cent decline. Now we're at the low end of that uh, narrow trading range. But we need a new bit of news. Uh, to turn this thing around, and I don't know what that news will be. That's what makes this. Uh, that's what makes grain grain markets so damn interesting, Whitney. We don't know what will turn it around. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On says the grain trade is seeing thin holiday trade with a lack of fresh news. And so that's going to be that big question. We've talked about carry decay for quite some time. In markets like these with the carry that we have, it's concerning that you could potentially see March slide down to where December went off the board. So December had a low of 447, um, went off the board around 456, I think, 457. And so those are some concerns that if we break this 470 level, that's the path of least resistance to get down to where December went off so there's not that gap on that weekly chart. And so we'll watch that and kind of see what what is going on. It sounds like bids are good off the P&W, but overall I think a lack of news is just really causing people to be risk-off and sellers coming into the end of the year. The livestock markets are seeing the same story. That same situation, right? We've came back. We've had a nice roundabout. We're really setting up on the charts to look good, um, but we need to just kind of get that oomph to get it through there. And maybe that's coming in here on on a cash trade that's you know not softening. We've had a couple weeks of slight softening of trade that's just not feeding the the reason to get this market up and running. Um, but when you look at it, you're looking at retracement levels at this point um, because the charts do look for good for cattle, but hogs, a little bit of a different situation. You're up against some resistance point back to trend line for the hog market, and so we need to see something happen there um, to give that that little push too, but otherwise it has been very quiet overall. Militant attacks on cargo ships on the Red Sea are sending freight rates upward. As of Tuesday, rates were over $2,400 to move a container from China to the Mediterranean. That's up 44% in the month of December. Major shipping companies are rerouting around the Cape of Africa to avoid the Suez Canal. The longer trip is estimated to cost an additional $1 million in fuel for a round trip between Asia and Northern Europe. Insurance costs are also on the way up. 12% of the world's ocean traffic moves through the Suez Canal. 25 major farm groups have sent a joint letter to Congress in support of the AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act. In response to a threat from automakers, this bill would require all new vehicles to include AM radio. The letter cites radio's ability to reach people during times of emergency. 
Over-the-air radio also provides valuable weather, markets, and agricultural information. Groups signing the letter include American Farm Bureau Federation, the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture, and commodity groups representing corn, soybeans, and uh, wheat, also the sugar beet and dairy industries. Get the latest farm news, weather, markets anytime by listening to the Red River Farm Network podcast. You can find those at RRFN or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Statistically, farming and ranching is one of the most dangerous occupations in the country. NDSU Extension Farm and Ranch Safety Coordinator Angie Johnson says over the next few years, rural North Dakotans will have an opportunity to become more prepared in emergencies. NDSU Extension actually partnered with the NDSU School of Nursing, both on the Fargo campus and in, on the Bismarck campus, to apply for a grant through the U.S. Department of Agriculture that really is geared towards helping our rural communities, which in North Dakota, a lot of that consists of our farmers and ranchers, to be prepared to take action during an injury that may result in an active bleed situation. And we were actually awarded that grant. Uh, we were awarded $350,000 to conduct stop the bleed trainings for three years across the state of North Dakota. These trainings will be open to anyone over the age of 13. We want rural residents. Not everyone who lives in a, in a rural community farms or ranches, but they may work with equipment or uh, work in conditions where they might find themselves in a, in a situation where they receive an active bleed injury. And so we want community members. We do want, if, if there are uh, volunteer ambulance and firefighters who are looking for continuing education credits, we're, we're offering that as well. So this, this is really open to, to anybody to receive additional training on, on how to properly pack a wound and how to use a tourniquet to stop bleeding in an injury situation. If you are interested in scheduling a training in your community, contact your local NDSU Extension agent. Taking a look at markets before we leave you, Minneapolis March wheat down 11 at 717 and a quarter. Chicago wheat 13 lower at 609 and three quarters. Kansas City down 16 and a quarter at 625 and a quarter. March corn futures three lower at 469 and a half. Soybeans January down three and a half at 1309. March soybeans six lower at 1316 and a half. Live cattle, February futures, $1.22 higher at $170. April live cattle, $0.85 cents higher at $173.52. January feeder cattle, $1.60 higher at $223.50. And March feeders, $2.02 2 higher at $225.22. February lean hogs down $0.37. Cents. This is the Red River Farm Network.